Good morning, security people. As you can see, I am not Renee Smalls. Uh, she wasn't able to join us today, so I will be taking the reins. We have Mandy Groove today uh, telling us about her journey and how she broke into cybersecurity. Um, Mandy is from the DC metro area, and she's coming to to us from to you. Is that correct? That's right. Perfect. Well, uh, Mandy, tell us a little bit about your background and what made you interested in cybersecurity. Hello, everyone. So my background is a little varied, actually. Um, I'm going to go way back, if that's cool. Um, I actually, straight out of high school, went to art school for a semester. So completely non-technical, um, super creative. Um, so I did that. <laughs> Didn't like it. Found out it wasn't for me. Computers were kind of always a hobby that I had done in since like middle school. I like to program websites. I made my MySpace real crazy and put all kinds of custom stuff on there. Um, <laughs> I like to mod The Sims and do crazy stuff with The Sims. So kind of <laughs> it had always been kind of like a weird hobby. And my family suggested after I went to art school and didn't like it that maybe I should do something with computers. So um, I took a bunch of gen eds, finished those at a community college, and then I applied for Towson. And I went to Towson, and I graduated with a bachelor's in IT. Um, while I was there, I became super interested in programming and took all of the programming classes that I could. Um, unfortunately, we had a super awesome cybersecurity team, and I didn't really know that they were around. So, <laughs> so I ended up... Uh, getting a job, I think it was my my junior year in Towson, and I started working at an MSP, um, managed service provider, and I did uh, actually administrative work when I started because they didn't have a technical role open. But I kind of like transitioned into a technical role. I was there for four years, so two years after I graduated. And by the time I left there, I was the help desk manager, and I had a team of four to five give or take. Wow. Yeah. So I went pretty far in that time there. It was a invaluable experience to me. Um, and after that, I was looking for a company that I could grow with that had more resources. Since the MSP was a small startup, there was, I think, probably like nine or 10 people at the max when I was there. Um, so I really wanted to find somewhere I could grow. And I wanted to be more technical and not be a manager anymore. Um, so I started looking, uh, and I interviewed with a lot of older white men, and then I came into two you, <laughs> and I was interviewed by a female, and it was really refreshing. Um, they had a very diverse team. It was about fifty percent female, and I felt super comfortable. And they had a lot of resources to offer me, so I ended up going with two you, and I worked help desk for about one year and two months. And I kind of, you know, got to know everything about the systems and the people and what we do. And um, two positions opened up. One was on the infrastructure team, uh, basically maintaining our servers and doing updates and kind of like typical day-to-day -day server maintenance. And there was also an analyst position that opened on the cybersecurity team. I never thought I would get the analyst position. <laughs> so I had actually applied for both and I got both. And I had a very, yeah, I had a huge decision to make and I, I took a while. 
And I decided to break out of my comfort zone and go with cybersecurity because it was a bit more unknown to me. I didn't have any previous experience in cybersecurity, but it seemed cool and like super badass. So I was like, yeah, I'll go with that one. <laughs> I also really liked the team and enjoyed the team. So um, that's really how I got into cybersecurity in a nutshell. And um, um, I actually just recently was promoted to security engineer on April 1st. Oh, congratulations. Yeah. A, a day that many will question if it really happened, but um, congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. I know. <laughs> Is this an April Fool's joke? <laughs> well, I have to say there's there's a couple of things in your story that um, I wanted to unpack and highlight for our listeners. One is in the beginning, you took a role with the MSP. Um, it wasn't a technical role and you found a way to transition within the organization to do something that you were more passionate about. Um, sometimes people don't, don't see that um, possibility, but take it where you can. Like if you're interested in getting into cyber and you're already working for a company, see, see what positions are available there, see how you can transfer there. Um, and based on just your, your quick snippet, you've done that at two, two jobs. Um, you came yeah. in doing something different and then transitioned to something that you liked. So um, congratulations there. Um, tell us about your, your college journey. So, um, you figured out you wanted to go into IT, but you did the, the more the traditional IT route, the programming route. Um, how, how do you find that that help you in transitioning to cybersecurity? Um, what recommendations would you give to a college student right now on going down that journey? Yeah, so I think me focusing in programming opened some more doors for me later on down the road because like traditional IT programs focus more on the networking aspect, um, which I will admit I did have to brush on that, brush up on that a lot later in my journey. Um, but I think being able to do a little bit of bash scripting is super invaluable and being able to do some PowerShell scripting kind of put me ahead of the game when I was on help desk because I could work in an Active Directory environment a bit more efficiently than people that didn't know how to do any scripting. Um, so I think having at least that base is super valuable. I also have noticed in my current role that even if I'm not writing code, it's super helpful to be able to at least look at it and understand what's going on and maybe pick apart pieces, even if you couldn't necessarily sit down and write it without you know, a lot of effort you should still be able to read it and understand it. So I think that's something that I also would like to um, make a future goal is getting more into Python and being able to sit down and write code faster than I currently can. So how, how else do you keep up with the industry? Uh, you mentioned that's a future goal, but how do you keep up with the changes in the environment and everything that's happening on a day-to-day -day basis? Yeah, I'm still kind of getting a handle on it because cybersecurity moves so fast and there's so much to know about it. and Prior to getting into the field, I didn't know how broad it was and how many specialties there are. So I'm still exploring a lot, but Twitter is definitely a big one. And I had never used Twitter before getting into the industry because, I mean, I don't know, tweeting's not that cool to me. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think it's what, 280 characters that you get, right? Now, yeah, before so it was 140. 
Yeah, that's even worse. So to me, I, I had always seen it used as just a social media platform, but um, there's a lot of like breaking news on Twitter that I usually see about like outages or whatever's going on in the cybersecurity realm. Um, I also have gone to a bunch of different cybersecurity conferences, uh, repping my DEF CON 26 t-shirt today. Uh, DEF CON was super awesome, super overwhelming, but I learned a lot and realized how large the security industry is when I was there. Uh, there are also smaller cons that I've been to, such as Hope in New York, which was an interesting con, lots of interesting perspectives at that one. There's also B-Sides, which I'm going to, I think it's at the end of this month like two weeks. I'll see you there. Oh, cool. Awesome. (laughs) (laughs) And do you, are you mostly a participant at the conferences? Uh, Have you given a a talk yet or? um... (laughs) Okay. Okay. I've been approached to do a talk, but I'm not sure what I'd talk about yet. So. Well, I I did my first talk on, um, the basics of cyber resilience. So you can always pick something that you're comfortable about. I mean, even in how scripting helps the average IT person or something like that, um, there'll, there'll always be someone that wants to hear you. And that's that's the important part, um, you sharing your journey. And especially at the smaller cons like the B-sides, it's about hearing the, the individual story. And uh, that, that's why people go to those smaller cons. Yeah, I'll say that I think the smaller cons have been much more helpful and easier to network with people and get more information. Like um, uh, the lockpicking villages are super big at cons. And honestly, like DEF CON, it was super huge. And I don't think I had a lot of one-on-one time with anyone there. But when we went to the, we went to ShmooCon as well. The ShmooCon one, they had time to kind of like sit down with us and they had uh, handcuffs. And we had to practice getting out of handcuffs and I super failed at it, but it was still super fun. And they had all kinds of like cool tools and stuff. So that was nice. Nice. Yeah. Well, let's take a step back again and um, let's talk about your journey into finding a new role. Um, You want to explain uh, your journey there and some of the things that you went through? Yeah. Um, So maybe should we talk about the help desk to security transition then? So I think that transition, I've always tried to step out of the box and network a bit with whoever or whatever team I'm interested in becoming a part of so I can learn more about their daily work and if I'd be interested in what what prerequisites they're looking for. Um, And it was around that time that I had started watching a lot of videos on password cracking on Computer File and Hack5. so I think I kind of interjected myself a bit to get some more information. And I also kind of put myself out there to become like the liaison between the cybersecurity team and help desk. And I took most of the escalation cases and kind of put myself out there so I could try and work with them more directly to get more experience. I'd also done the same with the infrastructure team, but I was kind of doing both so I could have both avenues open um, depending on what I was more interested in and obviously what I would be offered. Okay. So this is about um, why you were at 2U, some of the things that you did uh, to transition from your help desk role um, right. to your other role. Okay. I should also say at 2U, we're super, super about being flexible. I've seen so many people switch roles that are interested in other roles. Um, 
there's a lot of support here. People aren't boxed in. I felt boxed in at some past jobs. I didn't feel that at all here. There was a lot of support. So I think that super helped. Yeah, I think introduct interjecting yourself or having those um, informal interviews where you're asking someone on another team about their role, about something else, is something you can do even if you're not inside of the organization. So um, on Twitter, on LinkedIn, I've, I've done that to individuals that are in the position that I want to get to within three or five years. So like the CISO level positions, uh, try to find out what they do on a day-to-day basis, ask them questions about their role so I can know what I can work towards um, so that I'm comfortable in applying for those positions. Um, So what about before when you were um, hunting for a role, say applying before you got the two-year role? Talk about your journey there. Um, so I was applying for help desk positions before that. It, it was kind of boring. <laughs> um, I had a bunch of different interviews and I actually had a couple offers, but I didn't feel comfortable with the companies. I didn't like the company culture or, you know, something about the offer I wasn't okay with. So I kept looking until I found something that felt right to me. I probably had the luxury of doing that. I know other people don't have that luxury when they're searching and they might not have as many offers. So I don't know if that answers the question. No, it it does. I mean, choosing a new role is a big part of an individual's life. And while it might not be permanent, it's definitely a long-term commitment. Um, It's not like you can change your mind tomorrow and find something else. So it is something you have to stick with for a little bit and finding an environment where you have a comfortable culture and you like the mission and the values of the organization is important. Right. And I think I was also really focused on finding somewhere that had the resources and ability to propel me to where I wanted to go. And I felt that was the most important key for me. And how did you find that during your interviewing? What what sort of questions did you ask? Um, How did you discover that about the, the future organization? I think I asked a lot of questions about how they would invest in me and my future and training and what options were open for that. So I think I, I focused a lot of that, a lot of, a lot on those questions without being pushy, but kind of making it apparent that I'm in it for the long run and I'm looking for a commitment as long as they're willing to invest in me. So... That's definitely a great approach. Um, earlier, you mentioned networking and uh, describe to me how you networked and what sort of things you were looking for while you networked and looking for a new role. I think networking is hard because I'm naturally kind of a quiet person and I, <laughs> I'm not very outgoing. But like you, I was kind of looking at what do I want to do in the future and trying to focus on talking to people that have experience in that field. Um, also, I, I kind of looked more towards my personal network. So I had like some family friends who had worked in cybersecurity and I asked them a lot of questions when I was looking at the role. Like, how do you like your job? What's the best part? Is it interesting? What's challenging about it? And I think those were invaluable for me making a decision, at least when I had roles to look at. Um, Also, even talking to people who are in those and like, hey, if you don't have time to talk to me, is there someone else that you think would have some advice? 
So I, I've been offered a lot of different connections that way, even if they're not a direct connection by asking someone I might know, like, hey, do you know anyone that would have some expertise in this area? And that's a, another informal type interview that um, a lot of people don't consider to to discover more about potential paths. Like you mentioned, cybersecurity is a really broad area from your your technical roles, your managerial roles, your governance and and risk roles and compliance roles. So there's many different things, even marketing roles. Um, right. we, need, we need people with art backgrounds and um, who can take complex topics and simplify it for uh, end users or even teaching executives why this risk is a concern to them and what they have to be worried about. Yeah. So at, at the network, at the, sorry, at some of the conferences that you that you went to, did you listen to talks? Did you go to networking sessions? Uh, how did you take advantage of those opportunities? I did a bit of both. Um, the T-shirt I'm wearing actually was from uh, Women Women's Cybersecurity Jiu-Jitsu or Jiu-Jitsu or however their name is. Uh, so I went to a women's LA networking event, which was super cool. Um, I think they're still kind of... Uh, you know, women are underrepresented in cybersecurity, but there are lots of different um, resources out there for women. So uh, talking to some of them, I actually found one mentor that I've kind of kept in contact with. Uh, she actually lives in the D.C. area. So every once in a while, I email with her. Um, I think that was an easier way to network um, by going into a focused group at DEF CON. I don't know if I mentioned it was DEF CON. It was DEF CON. Okay. <laughs> Because, you know, it could be overwhelming if you're just sitting there. You're not going to talk to the person next to you. It might be kind of awkward. So I think going to one of those focused groups for my personal interests, and I know they had some other ones available. If you, like, Google it, they had a bunch of different events that were tied to DEF CON. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, I think it's the um, Women's Society of Cyber Jiu-Jitsu um right. is, is the official title but um yeah it's de definitely a a great organization and when you mentioned not having enough women i i don't think it, it's both not having enough women but also not having um a balance of people from different experiences so yeah. it could be um gender race um religious influence you need individuals with all different perspectives to be able to balance it out and have uh, a balanced approach to something yeah i agree um and then i also went to lots of talks okay uh, i kind of went all over the place like sometimes i'm like oh i know what that topic is that sounds interesting i'll go to that sometimes i was like i have no idea what it, that is so maybe i should just go check it out and learn something new so i kind of took that approach to it nice nice and as you're progressing your career, like, how do you plan ahead what you want to do or what path you want to go down next? That I'm still trying to figure out. I know I need to probably figure out what specialization I want to focus on. I've had a lot of help from my team internally and in figuring out where I want to go. Um, I've also taken some certifications, which have been invaluable. Um, I started with the SEC Plus through CompTIA. And then I also took a SANS course afterwards for incident handling, which I'm still currently working on. I took the boot camp and I still need to take the test. Um, so I think I'm trying to figure out what my next step is, but I'm kind of leaning towards forensics right now. Okay. Um, 
So I guess I'm, I'm trying to do stuff on my own time to kind of focus in on what I want to do as the next step. And what's your view on traditional education certs on the job training? Um, how do you think someone coming along this journey should balance the three together? I think my certifications, at least personally, have been invaluable. Um, the SEC Plus was a great foundation. I've heard some people say it's not as important, but if you're coming in without the background, I think it's super useful, especially for me coming from help desk. It gave me a really good foundation in security uh, subjects that I hadn't really heard about prior to that. Um, I think the traditional education, since my degree was in IT, it wasn't really directly related to cybersecurity. It was it's definitely related. It was definitely useful, but I had wished they probably had focused more on some cybersecurity focused courses. Like there was one I took and I wish they would have had more if, if that makes sense. No, that, that does make sense. Um, I would say your traditional IT focuses on availability of resources where in security you focus really on the confidentiality and integrity and then work with IT on the availability aspect of it. Right, right. You're much more maintaining systems, so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what about any other advice that you want to share um, along your journey with someone else coming along? I would say get involved. That's one area that I am also personally trying to do is getting get involved in meetups or putting yourself out there when you go to a conference or making sure you make that connection with the right person and not being afraid to say hello and introduce yourself, even if you're uncomfortable, because I feel awkward all the time. So, <laughs> Are there particular meetups that you recommend? Um, informally, I've just really done a lot of the women's in cybersecurity or women in tech. I think there are probably other ones that are more general that I personally would like to attend, but I haven't done that. Okay. Yeah. I mean, in the DC area, I know there's the major ones like the ISSA, ISC squared, OWASP, um, ISACA, uh, InfraGuard, which is kind of on the government side, um, but just sharing different resources for individuals in the area. Um, as we're approaching the top of the hour, is there any sage advice that you'd want to share with someone? Um, if you had to give them just one piece of advice, for them as they continue their journey? I'd say if you're feeling uncomfortable and if you're feeling uncomfortable, that's a good thing. So okay. if you're not feeling uncomfortable, then you're probably not progressing. So at least that's how I live my life and I try to make myself go outside of my comfort zone. That way I can keep progressing. So stretch yourself, set yeah. stretch goals, um, get out there and feel like you're learning all the time. Yes. Sure. Okay, perfect. Um, well, thank you so much for your, your time today. Um, and we love hearing your, your story of breaking into cybersecurity and have a great rest of your day. Thank you. I really appreciate it, Chris. Okay, thank you. Take care. <laughs> All Bye. right.